Hi guys, welcome back to Dragonfire Books. I'm your host, Allegra, and I'm so glad you're joining me for my third episode. I know it's a little expected to talk about the Harry Potter series, but I just can't resist. I read the books, and they're really, really good. My aunt gave me the first book for my seventh birthday. It took me a few months to pick it up, but once I did, I became obsessed and just read them over and over. And over. My friends and I spent a lot of time in second grade reading and talking about the books. I also read a couple of them in French. That was when I went to school that was all in French. Shout out to my Franklin girls! It's fun to see all the differences between the French and English versions. For example, the title of the first book. In English, it's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. In French, it's Harry Potter à l'école de sorcière, which basically means Harry Potter at the wizard school. And instead of Ravenclaw, my house by the way, it's Saldegle, which translates to Eagle's Claw. Last year for Halloween, my family dressed up as Harry Potter characters, and it was the best day for my mom. I was Hermione, my sister was Harry, my brother was Hedwig, my mom was Professor McGonagall, and my dad was Hagrid. And our black duck was serious. It's hard to choose, but I think that looking over the series after all, my favorite character is Luna Lovegood. I like Luna Lovegood because she's funny and she's strange, but she's really smart and kind. Anyhow, it doesn't really make sense to summarize the book, so I thought I could spend some time talking with you about my favorite, which is The Order of the Phoenix. I feel like a lot of people talk about the first or seventh books as their favorites. It's true that the first is awesome because, like, it's where it all starts. And, of course, the seventh one is great. But Order of the Phoenix is my favorite because it's funny and a lot of strange things happen and, like, it actually starts going. The character is also growing and changing. They're older in the first books and their thoughts and feelings get more complicated. I'd like to share one of my favorite parts with you now. It's, like... A while after Fred and George escape, they're Ron's twin brothers, and they're, like, known for, like, they're really funny, and, um, they like to pull pranks on everybody. So, but right before this, this horrible person, Dolores Umbridge, came and took the post of Defense Against the Dark Arts and took over the school. So that's why Fred and George are escaping, because she locked their brooms in her office. Okay, here we go. The story of Fred and George's flight to freedom was retold so often over the next few days that Harry could tell it was soon it would soon become the stuff of Hogwarts legend. Within a week, even those who had been eyewitnesses were half convinced that they had seen the twins dive bomb Umbridge on their brooms, pelting her with dung bombs before zooming out of the door. In the immediate aftermath of their departure, there was a great wave of talk about copying them, so that Harry frequently heard students saying things like, Honestly, some days I just feel like jumping on my broom and leaving this place. Or else... One more lesson like that, and I might just do a Weasley. Fred and George had made sure that nobody was likely to forget them soon. For one thing, they had left no instructions on how to remove the swamp that now filled the corridor on the fifth floor of the East Wing. Umbridge and Filch had been observed trying different means of removing it, but without success. Eventually, the area was roped off, and Filch, gnashing his teeth furiously, was given the task of punting students across it to their classrooms. Harry was certain that teachers like McGonagall or Flitwick could have removed the swamp in an instant. But just as in the case of Fred and George's wildfire whiz-bangs, they seemed to prefer watching Umbridge struggle. There were two broom-shaped holes in Umbridge's office door, through which Fred and George's clean sweeps had smashed to rejoin their masters. Filch fitted a new door and removed Harry's firebolt to the dungeons where, it was rumored, Umbridge had set an armed security troll to guard it. However, her troubles were far from over. Inspired by Fred and George's example, a great number of students 
were now vying for the newly vacant positions of troublemakers-in-chief. In spite of the new door, somebody had managed to slip a Harry Snyder new floor into Umbridge's office, which promptly tore the place apart in its search for shiny objects, leapt on Umbridge on her re-entrance, and tried to deny the rings off her stubby fingers. Dung bombs and stink pellets were dropped so frequently in the corridors that it soon became the new fashion for students to perform bubblehead charms on themselves before leaving lessons, which ensured them a supply of fresh, clean air, even though it gave them all the peculiar appearance of wearing upside-down goldfish bowls on their heads. Filch prowled the corridors with a horse whip ready in his hands, desperate to catch miscreants. But the problem was that there were so many now that he did not know which way to turn. The Inquisitorial Squad were attempting to help him, but odd things kept happening to its members. Warrington of the Slytherin Quidditch team reported to the hospital wing with horrible skin complaint that made him look as though he had been coated in cornflakes. Pansy Parkinson, to Hermione's delight, missed all of her lessons the following day as she had spread antlers. Meanwhile, it became clear just how many skiving snack boxes friend George had managed to sell before leaving Hogwarts. Umbridge only had to enter a classroom for the students to assemble there to faint, vomit, develop dangerous fevers, or else sprout blood from both nostrils. Shrieking with rage and frustration, she attempted to trace the mysterious symptoms to their source. But the students told her stubbornly they were suffering Umbridge-itis. After putting four successive classes in detention and failing to discover the secret that she was forced to give up and allow bleeding, swooning, sweating, and vomiting students to leave her classes in droves. But not even the users of the snack box is could compete with that master of chaos, Peeves, who seemed to have taken Fred's parting words deeply to heart. Tackling madly, he soared through the school, upbending tables, bursting out blackboards, and toppling statues and vases. Twice he shut Mrs. Norris inside suits of armor, from which she was rescued, yowling loudly, by the furious caretaker. He smashed lanterns and snuffled out candles, juggled burning torches over the heads of screaming students, caused neatly stacked piles of parchment to topple into fires or out windows, flooded the second floor when he pulled off all the taps in the bathrooms, dropped a bag of tarantulas into the middle of the great hall during breakfast, and, whenever he fancied a break, spent hours at the time floating after Umbridge and blowing loud raspberries every time she spoke. None of the staff but Delch seemed to be stirring themselves to help her. Indeed, a week after Fred and George's departure, Harry witnessed Professor McGonagall walking right past Peeves, who was determinedly loosening a crystal chandelier, and could have sworn he heard her tell the poltergeist out of the corner of her mouth, it unscrews the other way. To cap matters, Montague had still not recovered from his sojourn in the toilet. He remained confused and disoriented, and his parents were to be observed on Tuesday mornings, driving up the front drive, looking extremely angry. I like that passage because it's funny and it's really satisfying that everyone's getting back at her for being so mean and like that she's like going mad trying to trying to figure out what why why it's all happening. In summary, if you haven't read the Harry Potter books yet, I really recommend them if looking for an epic story that will keep you entertained and thinking. If you've read them before, you might want to revisit Order of the Phoenix. Borrow a copy from a friend or find it at your, your local library or independent bookstore. This has been Allegro's Dragonfire Books. Thanks for tuning in. I want to thank all of my friends and family who are supporting me by listening. And hey, I love fan mail. So send me an email if you have feedback or want to request a review of a certain book. Send your message to books with Allegra at gmail.com.
That's books with Allegra, all one word, at gmail.com. If this is your first time listening, I invite you to go back and check out my previous episodes. And if you like my podcast, please be sure to rate me on iTunes. Confundo. Just kidding. Peace and happy reading.